the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. B7Dev.com is the one-stop shop for all your app development needs. They can help you with design, development, and even marketing. Plus, they're offering an exclusive discount just for the App Masters community. Check them out at b7dev.com. Check ASO is an analytical ASO platform that provides you with up-to-date data on keywords, competitors, ratings, and reviews. It also grades your ASO level and gives you custom tips on how to improve it. This way, you can increase your app page visibility, organic traffic, and installs with every update. Try it now for free for seven days at checkaso.io. That once again is checkaso.io. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, and welcome to another weekly Friday YouTube live stream where we take a look at your apps and obviously talk to an expert guest to break down all the growth strategies that are working today. And today, I'm super excited to have him back on. We did so much stuff in 2020, and I was like, I got to reach back out to Darius, see if he's willing to come back on. But Darius Mora, he is the CMO of a really cool app, Reflectly. We broke that down all last year, but if you guys are into journaling and feeling better about yourself, go check out Reflectly in the app stores. And we're going to talk about Darius has come up with a brand new growth strategy. We talked a lot about you know, Reflectly's pricing growth model last year. So check out that YouTube live stream. But today we're going to talk about how they've been acquiring new apps to grow. And lastly, I want you to also check out Darius's YouTube channel. That's going to be linked up into the description after this, but he's talks all about app marketing. He, I loved all the stuff that he's shared in the past about micro influencers, how they've been doing it. And so he knows a lot about UA, but Darius, welcome back, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was a, it was a blast what we did last year. So I'm excited for this session. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Hey, let's talk about this, man. So why did you guys sort of shift that model a little bit? Was it because you're like, Hey, you know, this UA cost is going too much. Was it because some of the changes on iOS 14, what was the reason for maybe shifting to acquiring apps instead of just like figuring out new growth channels? Yeah, so if you've been in the app world or, I mean, digital marketing world at all in, in the last couple of years, I think you, it's pretty clear you can see that the acquisition costs have been going up. Uh, they have been consistently going up every quarter for the last, I don't know, 10 years that I could track backwards. And it's probably going to continue moving upwards. Uh, that's just the trajectory. So, for example, a lot of times the people are looking at, look at, for example, the hyper growth of Calm or similar apps. It's like, well, we can build an app and do the same thing. But it's not possible to do it now because Back when Calm was in hyper growth or any other big app that was in hyper growth mode, the acquisition costs were very different. So the cost to acquisition and the lifetime value ratios um, made it easy to grow and scale. Now we had, at Reflectly, we had a kind of hyper growth um, era as well for, for, for quite some time. But as you start to scale and go up, you'll hit a ceiling of how much money you can spend profitably. And as the costs go up, and also with new iOS changes coming forward, we knew that it's going to be more and more expensive. Uh, and as the iOS changes kick into place, advertising becomes less efficient, which means it becomes more expensive. And just acquisition costs are very, very high. So a different way to allocate capital was instead of running marketing campaigns directly, we still do a lot of that, 
But what we started to play around was acquiring other apps that have really good traction um, on the on, on the App Store. So that's what we've been doing, and it's just a different capital allocation, basically, a different way to acquire users instead of buying directly on Facebook and giving money to Facebook. We acquire apps that have steady users, and then we can take them over. We can, you know, improve them. We can bring in other users. And at this point, reflectively, is more of a app studio rather than one app. I think we have about 15 products right now, and all of that acquisition wow. happened in the last year and a half year maybe wow that's amazing all right i'm going to share this with everybody too so darius are you guys looking i love the strategy you're like hey look let's build a portfolio of apps let's not just stop being on this one app are you guys looking for apps that have typically good organic growth but no revenues or like hey if they have both even better like what are what are some things that you're looking for yeah so obviously the main thing is we want a very good product so you know you <laughs> have really good retention you need to have good kind of con basic conversion numbers uh, we definitely look at number one, the organic ranking of the app. I, I think mm -hmm. the the um, um, the ranking on the app store is kind of like real estate. So we're looking to acquire the best real estate. And if you rank, for example, let's take um, keyword motivation, right? And there's a motivation app which makes six hundred thousand dollars a month off of subscriptions, for example. It's super yeah. super super product. Yeah. But the reason why they make that money, I mean, you can build the product and publish it in three days probably, but they make so much money as a tiny tiny team because they rank number one for keyword motivation and a bunch of other keywords that are really high volume. So we're looking for apps that have really high significant ranking for keywords that matter. Um, and if they make revenue, that's fantastic. I think one thing that we got really good at Reflectly is we spend a lot of time on optimizing um, the conversion rates and really kind of understanding how to monetize, how to get value out of the, of the product. So we don't want to touch the, we don't want to like have to rebuild it. We don't, we don't want to kind of change things too much. We don't buy things that people already love. And then maybe we can bring in more users with our marketing or we can kind of adjust things here and there. Um, but that's what we're looking for. I love it. Look at all this stuff, man. Yeah, that's cool. some of the acquisitions we've, we've done and it's been, it's been a wild journey. <laughs> You know, I, I love this idea too. And for those who are just trying to get into the app space, maybe it's their first app rather than building the first app. Like you said, the, if they rank well, that they're taking up real estate, they've done sort of the hard work. And so if you're seeing holes in the app, maybe, you know, all about UA, maybe, you know, all about monetization and you could bring, how are you finding these? Cause I feel like that's the hardest part. Maybe that's the secret sauce there he is, but like, it's the hardest thing to find. Like, are you just searching for big keywords and then finding the apps that you're like, Oh, this has potential here. Yeah, it's surprisingly difficult. Like you would expect that there would be, I mean, there's a bunch of marketplaces, but they're not very good. And by the time somebody puts something in a marketplace, they probably overvalue it in their mind. So the way we're doing it is just manual outreach and just kind of manual one-on-one combat, as Gary Vee calls it. So just reaching out and just taking as many calls as possible. It is surprisingly difficult to find owners of some of these companies. Uh, and surprising, it, to me, it's surprising how many like there's you know, companies that are apps like one man or one woman companies that are making you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50K. And, and for some of them, it's still just a side project. Yeah. Um, so it's not super active. It's not even like chitter communication. So, um, so just a lot of outreach. Yeah, I try to, dude, there was one, there was one app I tried to reach out to and it hadn't been updated in like years, but they were just like ranking really well for this keyword and no reply. <laughs> it's just like yeah. crickets. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like sometimes just the email addresses are outdated. We just, yep. uh, it's, 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 it's surprising. I think there's maybe, maybe a little business kind of marketplace potential idea here to just yeah. list apps. There's like micro acquire and similar 
marketplaces, but they're all aimed at kind of SaaS and apps are a bit of a different kind of look what metrics you look at and what things are important. And there isn't really a marketplace that kind of makes this easy for, for the sellers and the buyers. So there's nothing out there yet. Have you guys checked out Flipptopia, Flippa? I know I sold a couple of things on both platforms. You checked out any of those marketplaces? Yeah, we've looked at them, but it just in terms of when we look at what we think is the yeah. value of a product versus what is listed on, uh, we kind of uh, need to talk to the people and, and do the outreach. That's how we get uh, the good acquisitions. Yeah, I think that's the best approach anyways, because those type of sites, I mean, they're probably, there's a reason why they're listing it, right? Like maybe they don't right. have the organic reach or they don't rank really well for a lot of these things too. Cool, man. Yeah. And Joe mentions Joe in the comments, Zynga bought a solo devs portfolio. It was a solitaire acquisition. I remember that for 42 million. So very similar strategy. All right. I want to say hi to a few people, Joe, what's happening. Howdy, Steve excited for this one. Adrian from Celtic whispers, Kalyani, how's it going? And then we've got Dominion. And then Joe asks, is this a similar strategy to those ad free IAP free solitaire games? They try to grow to enormous user base to get acquired. What do you think? I think if you are a kind of an app studio or if you have a bunch of products or even one of there's there's yeah, there's a couple of different uh, exit scenarios. Um, and so it's hard to figure out what's going to be in the future where um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a bunch of different avenues we could go. Right now we're focusing on building a just best possible business that we can build. And we find that right now it's through acquisitions and building a portfolio. And we do have so reflective obviously about mental health and mental wellness, mental fitness, what we call it yeah. in the health and fitness categories. A lot of the acquisitions are in that space so that we have a similar app, the similar app they're not competing. And then once we have, you know, Reflectly has uh, tens of millions of users. Uh, I yeah. stopped counting. But when we acquire an app, we can just, if, if there's a similar category, we can bring in, you know, all those users and then we can take any app and just make it massive. All right, Darius, maybe you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this. So you, you share what you want to share, but like what happens next after you acquire it? Is it using the reflect the user base to bring in more users? What are you guys doing tactically after acquiring all the paperwork is done, all the headache, yeah. <laughs> the hard work is done. <laughs> so what, what we do, we, we kind of look at the entire app, like kind of uh, start to finish the user experience and, um, and we look at kind of the numbers and if there is anything, if there's a bit of a leaky bucket, maybe there's not a very good conversion on like, installed to start trial or start trial to subscribe or retention is not ideal, then we'll try to fix some of those. In general, we try to, we, we want to buy apps that are already doing really well. But if any of these is kind of, if the, if the bucket is a bit leaky, we'll, we'll fix those. Um, and if not, then we can put it into a portfolio of apps and start driving some traffic from other apps, start driving traffic from our user acquisition team um, and start to, to, to grow that generally. I love it. Okay. Let me get into a question from Ram. Darius, have you found problems with the transfer on iOS specifically involving CloudKit and the small business program? You're shaking yeah, your head definitely. already. <laughs> uh, yeah. The whole, the whole transfer of apps with Apple is, they actually stopped a couple of deals. And one of the first pre-screening questions I'll ask before we even get into the first acquisition is whether or not people have used some of the Apple features and it's the iCloud and the, the sign in with Apple and some of these things that make a transfer really difficult or impossible. We have had to do some crazy things. Also legally, depending on where you are, we've had to, for example, establish a new company for the seller, transfer the apps to the person and then transfer it to us. And yeah, if, you, if you're selling as an individual, um, it's, it can be really difficult. And yeah, with the new 
with the new program, this hasn't, hasn't happened to us, but I have spoken with other people in the industry and they have, uh, somebody's bought an app or a person has sold an app and they were in, uh, they had many apps, but this was one of the apps that sold and they were in the small business program where they, they had the small um, 15% fee instead of 30% Apple fee. And when they sold the app, um, they had to go back to a 30% fee, even their revenue was actually smaller afterwards. Um, so yes, it's definitely, oh. that's, that's been a headache and few deals have, we've lost and a lot of deals we couldn't even start because of the Apple issue. So if you are, if you have apps or if you're building apps or considering definitely um, read up on what are the requirements to transfer apps and make sure that you don't, um, you don't mess up your, your acquisition before you even start. Wow. That's crazy. So you saw the developer, let's say I'm the developer. I sold the app to you guys. And then because I'm selling it, I now get out. I'm no longer a part of the small business program. Exactly, which is wow. it's crazy. I, I think that's a bug that they haven't been able to fix. They just they haven't thought of the scenario. They haven't fixed it yet. But I know developers who have lost the privileges, oh, uh, which wow. really sucks because you like there's nothing. It doesn't say anything in the developer program, and they don't they don't like warn you or anything. It's just that's that. So I think it's a bug they're going to fix. It makes no sense. It would be like that. But uh, yeah, that's it's one of the issues. The the signing with Apple and the iCloud. That's a big big issue. Uh, I, I think. For some of the, I don't remember exact technical difficulties. If you read up, you can just Google it. Mm -hmm. But I think if you've used iCloud um, for some of the storage for the user data, it's impossible to transfer the app no matter what you do. Um, so just be careful. Are you guys looking, is there a preference to iOS? Are you, do you not care about Android, iOS? Do you want apps that have both platforms? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, generally iOS is more profitable. So when we look at a lot of companies that have both platforms, usually about 25% of the revenue comes from the Android. So if the Android numbers are good, that's that's great. Um, there's just another way to diversify. If you are too heavy on Android, I think that's a bit, um, it's a risky in a way to have business only one category, one platform. So uh, we don't really discriminate. What kind of, what, you know, what we look at and what matters to us is, is how it's written and, and, and some of these things are working. Mm -hmm. We have built Reflectly in Flutter and we're super happy if somebody has a product in Flutter that just makes it easier for us to transfer. Um, otherwise, either we have to rewrite or we just have to go with uh, with whatever it's, it's written. But obviously, we're still fairly a tiny company in terms of employees, so there's only so many resources we have, and, and that also puts a limit on our positions. If in Flutter, for example, it's easier for us. So, um, yeah. Darius, I know we talked a lot. I loved your micro-influencer strategy that you shared last year. Are you guys still doing micro-influencer marketing just out of curiosity? You're like, hey, no, 100% my time figuring out what apps to acquire. Yeah, that definitely works still. So um, we have a few more members on the team and we have some super talented um, people that are working on that. We have um, uh, Ryan that came over from Revolut and um, Philip that came over from Facebook and, and they've been running a lot of that stuff. Uh, and we still have, we're using the the, a similar strategy now it's a bit more optimized and we just have many more creators on a team and, and uh, but it's very similar content that we put up that strategy definitely works and we've tried it with other apps that we've acquired um once you hit our scale it's just difficult to keep up with the with micro influencers um but it still works so i've spoken with companies and and and, and i know that it still works all right you test me all right i'm gonna recap the strategy really quick and like 
20 seconds. All right. So you Darius, what they do is they almost have a full-time person reaching out to micro influencers and they're anywhere from like, and Darius, you tell me their exact numbers, but like 10, 15,000, you know, like it's not like huge micro influencers, just smaller. What they have them do is create content around the app. And then they use that content for their ads and that those ads outperform any of the ads that they can create on their own along with, you know, getting them to share, which is just a bonus, but mainly because the ad creation is so much more valuable. Am I right? Yeah, I do. You, you got it pretty close. Yeah. So this is one of the, one of the main elements of our hyper growth where we really kind of went up. I like when we saw the hockey stick graph, this was part of that. Um, nice. and, and the idea comes from the fact that big, really big influencers are overpriced because their audiences are so big and yet they don't have the core demographic. Um, and also just it's difficult to get creatives to work. But what we've seen that what outperforms the best if you get micro influencers on board. And yeah, so we do about five to 20,000 followers on Instagram, for example, an equivalent <laughs> similar on other platforms. Because at that point, if they're sub 5,000, they just, it's not, they're not really spending time on Instagram and they don't care about it, but they don't answer email. If it's north of 20,000, they're asking for too much money. So five to 20,000 followers approximately, and they'll reach out and we just say that, you know, can you make this video? The important thing is that most people pay influencers for the distribution but in my opinion distribution is not really worth it what we pay for is the creative content mm -hmm. so they post the video online which is great and we get some views which is okay but what we really care about is getting the content and then running it as facebook ads or instagram ads or tiktok ads or snapchat ads from our account and then being able to optimize and scale that and if you do this enough you'll find some creatives that work really well and it's the specific ads that the creative that we got from influencers that i I wouldn't run because when I saw them, like sometimes the there's a weird tapia filter, kids are crying in the background, it's all shot in a really weird way. But that's exactly the content that works the best because it does not look like an ad. It, it doesn't look like it represents the brand very well because it's not it, that's not meant to be. It's just meant to be user generated content, and it's kind of basic psychology. Like you know, we'll 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 buy from people we trust. We trust people that are similar to us, and user generated content like this, uh, it's much more similar than any ad you can design. And I've tested you know hundreds of creatives when I was running it myself. And this always outperformed anything we could design in-house or get somebody to design. Wow, love it. That's essentially what I said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Darius, I wanna move on to take a look at the audience apps. And so if you guys are interested in for uh, us taking a look at your apps, we've seen some tremendous success of apps we've audited just live on this YouTube live stream, 5X, 12X revenues from that. So just go check out appmasters.com slash audit. The free one, there's a free one that we do on YouTube and there's a paid one that I do just one-on-one -on -one with you as well. All right, Darius, do you have a dad joke ready to go? I have two. I have okay, two. good. Do you want, okay, you're the guest. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Okay, now that we're going to be closer, we're going to be playing for beers, okay? So we're going to play for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start or you want me to start? All right, I'll start. Okay, go for it. So I got one uh, that's about online dating because that that's in some of the most profitable apps in the app store are the one dating apps. So I thought this would be a relevant one. So I have advice for all the people who are out there swiping. And I would say, stop looking for the perfect match. Use a lighter. <laughs> I like it. All right, I'm going to stick on this dating type of thing too, all right? Because I have one of those. All right, I have a question for people with OnlyFans. I have a question for you guys with OnlyFans. Why wouldn't you just get an air conditioner instead? Boom. <laughs> I was like, I was telling that to my son. He's like, I was like, do you know what OnlyFans is? He's like, no, I have no idea. I'm like, good. <laughs> <He's> like, <"Do laughs> you know? All right. We got an app from Arthur. 
And he said he just wants to, he's in test flight right now. And it looks like it's a writing app. And so we'll, I have the app rolled in on my phone right now. And we'll take a look at that. Tons of apps here. Okay. So it's called Minimal. Let's take a look. All right, Darius, you can lead. Tell me what you want me to do. What do you think about this so All far? Right. Cause I really like the reflectly on onboarding. So I don't know if there's stuff that you want to say on the onboarding process here. We've, we, yeah, we've spent a lot of time on onboarding and reflecting. I'm not the one designing the onboarding with some rockstar team members, but I'll, I'll, I'll give them a best shot. <laughs> so uh, right off the bat, yeah, minimal, just a minimal, blah, blah. Um, okay, I, it's very simple. Landing page is not much else to say. I think a lot of times when people see sign in right at the very beginning, like you're asking them to commit Mm. At the beginning, it can be scary. There is a skip button, but yeah. um, uh, it would be something interesting to ex experiment with how it is doing a, a, a sign-in at the beginning or at the very end of the onboarding of the tour experience. A lot of times we've right. seen that when you ask them to uh, kind of the formula is like you want to first give, 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 and then ask. Because right now you're asking them to give you data. Yeah. So you want to give them a bunch of value and then maybe try to do this at the end, just an idea. And it'd be a good reminder, like just in case people don't know what this app is, just to be like, hey, what is this? So it just said, get started with minimal and join the community for thoughtful, committed writers, where it's be like, you know, tell me what the app is, is again, and then have me sort of sign in. All right. So I'm going to try skipping see what happens. Okay. Oh, okay. Look, now they hit me with this. Might be good to flip that. Don't you think? What do you think? Yeah. 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 See, yeah. So this is good. I like this. And this might be too many. So friend of mine, AB tested like how many screens he had. I think he went from four to seven or he went from seven to four and he saw an increase in subscriptions just by like lowering the number of screens. So I do like this, yeah. but five seems like a lot. Yeah, there. I think there's kind of two main schools of thought in terms of yeah. this. It's either you make it very brief and very simple at the three screens and then you do a subscription or you can make it longer, but then it has to be interactive and valuable. So a lot of fitness apps, they'll need like your data and they'll talk with your plan. And they might have, you know, 15, I don't know, 10 screens, 15 screens, and it's fine, but it has to be very interactive. You have to be getting value out of it and entertaining. If you like, you wouldn't get users to swipe with 10 screens like this. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Okay, yeah, I love this, this onboard. I think this would be more interesting to see Arthur versus you hitting me with the sign up and just a few little texts. Oh. What do you think about this? I like the I like the examples. Okay, so these are okay. Let's see. So, so this is examples of how you would write. I think notes, this right? what welcome to minimal part one publishes website. So I guess they're telling me certain things, but I might be able to edit this as well. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, my my first impression is on that page. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know what this is. You have okay. to kind of click through to make users think. That's never a good idea. So what we find, for example, if you go through reflectly flow, you get into the app, you get the basic onboarding, and then we'll take you step by step. We'll kind of hand guide you through doing a journal entry. So we'll actually, and that's for the onboarding, and you have to do it. So maybe I can see on the bottom right there's a plus button. I assume that yeah. you add a new note. So maybe I would kind of guide users in an interactive way to, to do it. Otherwise, yeah. maybe it can be a bit confusing when you throw users in the app and be like, best of luck. Yeah, and I, I think it's reminded me of when I don't have it on my phone, but like this particular phone, but Clear does that too. When you they do land you on something like this, and it's like it, each part says swipe to Clear, and then you they make you swipe, and then like tap right. to add a new one. So you're like, there's instructions here. So that might be a better way of like having these and be like, hey, here's how you put bullets, like bullets, blah blah. Because yeah. I'd be like this part, like the formatting to do's. You can do all this stuff. 
So maybe break it yeah, out a little to bit. To be more. honest, like as a user, I don't really want to have to like read manuals on how to yeah. use an app, right? Like it should be <laughs> simple enough where just like go and start doing it. If I have to read anything, I'm going to skip out and, and, and I'm out of it. Yeah. And there's, like, I don't know what it's called, but designers use the concept where they introduce information to you in small bits when it's important. So right now it's not it's not important for me to know how to like change the font and all these things. Right mm -hmm. now it's important for me to know how to how do I start a note, I guess, and then how do I finish a note? And then you can give me kind of more and guide me through the process more and more, but I don't need that right now. It's and it's overwhelming to users. So you want to introduce information gradually. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have A B tested, but one of the things I'm missing, I don't know what Arthur, your subscription plans are going to be because i'm assuming it's a subscription based app but essentially you know one of the elements that we've always said is definitely have that pricing page during that onboarding flow so it's especially after i hit done through those five screens you show me that and then one thing that i'm missing here is the premium features like where where can i go and pay you more i know some people say look you write three and then you eventually get it but what if i write one and i'm you know like i want to buy from you so make it easy for people to buy here too on the screen yeah, definitely. You'll see, I think most of the people will subscribe to whatever you have doing the onboarding. So make yeah. sure that you focus on that. Are you guys seeing that too? Because we, we had somebody on who saw 68% of his in-app purchases come from the welcome flow. And then about 25 came from this screen here. And then a tiny little less than 10% came from this like settings page. What are you guys seeing yeah. on your end? Yeah, definitely. Most of the products that I look at, they have the onboarding is probably the most significant part where you get subscriptions and you get people yeah. on board. Very, very few in the settings. Nobody goes it, it, <laughs> and nobody goes there. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, really good app. I mean, Joe likes it. Beautiful illustrations. Joe says very confused by this screen. So Joe agrees with you, Darius. Like he has no idea what's going on here too. Yeah. It's not actionable. So that's the one thing to be actionable too. Maybe you just want people to write or here's all you can do with minimal. And then you include everything in one, but it does feel like a manual too. All right, yeah. Darius. So round one, D, Kalyani says D, that's you. Ram says you, you're winning. Okay, we only got three votes. Right, <laughs> I gotta like beg people to vote. You. Thank you guys, appreciate it. <laughs> you're winning so far. All right, I wanna say hi to Andy's here. What's happening, Andy? Jojo from all the way from Australia. We got another Bart's from Australia too. So it's like 2 a.m. over there, man. Okay. Andy asked, question, if our app has a strong social responsibility impact, what's the standing approach policy rules on stating this in an app description UI? Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, so I talk to a lot of apps that have a really good mission or they are focusing on sustainability or ethics or, or some way, um, but they're not very good at a lot of these have kind of started with the app with a great mission and great idea, but they're not very good on the business side and the growth side. And then they miss out on these opportunities. So if you are targeting a specific community, for example, you're making a vegan app, then you would have an amazing vegan community on Instagram or other social. And I would definitely make that the core of the business and then try to get the first users through those communities and get, get the sharing going and, 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 um, and, and get traction for the app that way. So if, if it is, ideally, if it's a, about a community you can target, I would just go all in on that community and, and make the brand and the product all about yeah. that. Otherwise, make sure that you're you're good on the business side, you don't forget it, because just having social impact or a good cause, there's so many apps that are that have amazing causes, but they just never get noticed. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Like you're, you have to be really huge to be like, oh yeah, I'll do that because you, I think people think that because they have a social imp impact that customers are just going to gradually be like, oh, I give 10% of my whatever, you know, proceeds to whatever. And it's like, that's not a big win for me. Like you, like Tom's shoes, like they, they made cool shoes first. And then the yeah. people started caring about like the social impact of it. I think Andy, if I'm also understanding your question, like if you want to try to state this, I would definitely try to do this in the screenshots, the UI. I've worked with a couple of different like carbon neutral type of apps and these social impact type of apps. And so we try to play that up as much as we can because we do want people to know about it, but don't think that's going to be like the main reason people like hop over to you in a way. Yeah, that alone Here. is another thing. And, and you mentioned yeah. Tom's shoes and there's just example everybody mentioned because that's the only really kind of big brand that, that they were kind of new at this like nobody did it because they did it they got all the press and that's why they grew so much because they got all because it was new but now there's yeah. many companies doing it which is i mean it's a good thing some companies are doing it but you will not stand um outside and you will kind of not be noticeable just because of that that's a great point because you know like amazon with the free shipping like what now it's like we expect it and then the zappos with like the 365 or return shoes type of thing it's like no we, we expect it now so you kind of have to be new i like that yeah that's a good point. Kalyani says the homepage is very minimalistic with less. Okay. I like that. And then Subgrow is here. Hey, Subgrow. All right. Darius, I, I do want to talk about monetization a bit because, you know, you kind of mentioned like, hey, we took a look at the app, figure out after you acquire one, are there any holes? What are some of the key monetization tips that you feel like, okay, I acquired an app and maybe most apps, subscription-based apps are missing? So I would, I, I would almost say, the the onboarding i always think of the onboarding as a, as a separate product right and i think you should have as much attention as a separate product a lot of a lot of times people will build an app and they just do like they'll, they'll check a couple examples of onboarding do a couple of screens and then leave it out there and then for, especially engineers will over engineer the product but leave kind of the onboarding and that experience uh, and they just kind of work on other things there's so much value to be extracted out of the onboarding there you get you'd be really surprised how much you can improve your conversions, you know, double, triple the numbers, quadruple, when you work on the onboarding and you test a couple of different things and, and you look at the best practice. So I would say, consider the onboarding as almost a separate product and give it that much dedication and testing. Um, this has to be at a, at, a, at a phase where you have enough scale of traffic coming in and you have something to test on. Of course, you need to have statistical significance, so you need to have, you know, some users coming in, but most apps, underestimate the amount of value there is in the onboarding because a lot of the conversions and for most apps, most of the conversions will happen during the onboarding phase. Are there certain best practices that you like to definitely have on the onboarding screen? You know, for me, I might be like, Hey, let's definitely have some social proof. Let's remind people what the app is all about. Are there certain things that you like, Hey, these are like must haves during an onboarding screen onboarding sequence. I would say I, I really wanted to kind of figure out like the pattern and I looked at hundreds of apps and, and I checked the numbers in, in, in app tweak or census tower to figure out like actually what's their kind of try to guess kind of the conversion only look at good converting apps. And mm. from my experience, there isn't like one single best way to do it. There isn't like show them three info pages and then subscription or ask them for something. And then like, I, I haven't found a single pattern. I see that for some apps it's that they, they throw the three info pages and their subscription. Some of just have the subscription and then nothing else. Yeah. Uh, some have paywall. So what I would just say is testing. That's kind of a, it's a, 
uh, kind of easy answer to give and very difficult answer to execute on. But that's the most important thing. And then I would say definitely experiment on the pricing and type of subscription pages. Uh, Mm. For example, if you do like no trial and just a price, it makes it much more easier to test because you don't have to wait seven days for trials to convert. And then you can test much quicker. So Mm. that's a really good advantage. And, And again, I've seen apps that convert really well with trials, some really well without trials. Some they do just annual, some they do monthly and quarterly. Like there isn't best practice. There's just, and this is what the developers don't want to hear. You have to test like every combination and it'll take you a few months, but the results are really worth it. Yeah. Look, uh, well, I'm just going to go through reflect that. I like how you guys are like, hey, you know, they at, you asked me for stuff, but it's one thing, one screen. You know, I could play around with certain things. People so love it's this not... screen. It's like one of our favorite screens. The color. Yeah, screen. I love this one. Yeah, it's so cool. The, the animations and then the reminders and then the, the pricing here so yeah and then you're you're testing looks like you're just testing pricing no no trial so you want to see how well it converts right on okay got some questions too so i wanted to go through that real quick Grace says from Facebook, Grace, how you doing? Advice for converting an app from a three-year-old in-app purchase base to subscription. So Grace has an app that's been monetizing through in-app purchases. She wants to move on to a subscription. Any advice for her? Uh, Depending on the type of the app. um, So my advice would be, first off, do it yesterday. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) 99% of the cases, it's a better business than upfront purchase or in-app purchase, your subscriptions are just so good at a business, it's crazy. So I would say, first of all, do it. Second of all, um, how to do it, I mean, this is not a technical conversation, but I would say look at competition uh, and similar apps that are already doing it well. So check their numbers in Apps Week, look at the revenue, look at the installs, you can estimate the conversion rates, um, check out the ones that are converting the best and just look at what they're doing and get inspired and do something similar. Yeah, and I think, you know, you have all the best practices, Grace. Darius kind of mentioned it, some of the monetization tips that we've, and we've covered this in detail as well. And I think just like Darius said, make the switch. Like it's not, there are ways technically I found having talked to some developer friends that you can say, Hey, these are people that have already bought it. So they get the lifetime, so to speak, and then you can pull app ID. So talk to a developer that and a friend of mine did the exact thing. So he's able to sort of remember and have their app, their user IDs, their is UID, I think, user ID, and then be like, okay, you have the lifetime, but then make that switch. Do all the best practices that we've been talking about on YouTube and then make that switch. Like Gary said, it should have happened yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Like people, the people who have already purchased, make sure that they get to keep the privileges right. and you only charge them new for the new users because there will be a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, by the way, are you, are you vegan now or why'd, why'd you mention vegan? <laughs> Are you vegan now, Darius, or oh, you just brought uh, up the community just because? <laughs> my my girlfriend is vegan, so and she is the best cook in the planet. So I have been eating a lot of plain based food because uh, it just tastes really good. Yeah. But I, I'm not claiming vegan, no. No, not yet. Okay, I, I've been vegan for a year and a half um, since 2019. It's been it's been oh, fun. Really? Yeah, yeah. What 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 motivated you to to convert? Oh, I, it, I I just thought it was a challenge. For first, I went vegetarian for a month and then she's like hey i'm gonna go completely vegan because she's been pescatarian and vegetarian for she was there for a while 
And I was like, okay, sounds like fun. Let's try it. <laughs> and then that was it. And I was like, oh, I feel great. Like I don't feel heavy at all. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Definitely the, the benefits are, I mean, people should try for themselves, but I have felt improvement. Yeah, I love it, man. All right, Kalyani asks, how do you value an app to require if the app is not making any revenue, but ranking decent for a good keyword? It's a great question. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think we have, it is rare that we would buy something that doesn't make revenue already. Um, if we have done it, it's because the app is attracting a lot of users and we have, we believe that we can start converting. But it, it is kind of, when you're acquired, like from the, from if I'm, if we're acquiring apps that reflect these, like think of it from our perspective, we want to remove as many risks as possible, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have an app that's not making money, but maybe the developers would like a good community and, and it's a great potential to make money, then they just ask an extra risk for us because we don't know how well the companies are going to grow. So I would say if the app is going towards, like if the idea is to build a revenue model down the line, I would say build it right now so you can mm -hmm. at least prove the conversions. Like if you have users coming in and you say, let's say, I don't know, 4%, 5% are converting, from install to subscribe, and this is a great number, we believe we can scale this, then it makes it much more easier for us. It doesn't have to be huge numbers. We just have to see that the users are willing to pay for this product. If it's not meant to be a revenue app even down the line, then it's not an interesting business for us necessarily because what we want to do is gather the revenue. If it's like some strategic acquisition or there's something else, then you need to look at it from the acquirer's perspective and, and wonder why it's, it's valuable for, for them. Yeah. And then just to put it on Grace too. Grace says, thanks. Actually, I currently have both IAP and sub in one app with some success, but the user are finding it too confusing. Planning to lump it all in sub. Okay. We'll give current users full sub. Yeah, definitely do it. Grace, I've talked to you, I think. So definitely do it. Make that switch. It's taking you so long. I think it's been a while since we talked. All right. <laughs> Joe says, Reflectly onboarding is on point. Yo, very nicely done. He loves the micro interactions, animations. And then Jojo says, Darius, are you, are you using animation JSON files? I don't know. That's a nerdy question. I am a non-technical non part of the member. So <laughs> I can't, I can't tell you that. Yeah, sure. me neither. Okay. And then Kalyani, I'll just add that with their thing. If the app, you're just going to make more money. If you want to sell the, the app, like you're just going to make more, more money and you know, it'll become an easier sell if you have revenues, right? Like if you have good ranking improve the right revenues. I mean, we, we cover revenues a lot already. So just improve yeah. that. And like, if you have an app with good keyword ranking, it doesn't take a lot of time or money to build the subscription page and do this journey. So like, if you have an app that's already working, there's nothing really stopping you. Uh, so don't wait um, and kind of, you know, sell the potential of the app, start doing it and then sell the conversions to the app. Yeah, love it. Yeah. And I mean, that those are the types of apps I get excited working with. And I'm like, oh, you already have downloads? Oh, you're already getting some and you're not making any money? Yo, okay, let's fix it. That's easy fix than trying yeah. to be like, no revenue, no downloads, no nothing. It's like, ah, very big yeah. uphill climb. Oh, like in almost all cases, yeah. monetization is easier than retention and kind of good product numbers and, and the product itself. Like if you have a built product, monetization is easy. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about that. So I want to make a note about this too. Actually, while we're on this, Hey, do you feel like for an app that's just getting started, Darius, like what, how would you rank like the metrics to be focused on? And I'll, I'll lead it and feel free to disagree with me, but like, I'm like, okay, if you have some downloads already, like anywhere from 50, you obviously want some downloads coming in, some users coming in, but I'm like, look, focus 
especially for subscription-based apps, focus on the monetization. How many people are converting? Because that's more key than trying to figure out, oh, low retention or all this stuff. I'm like, get some downloads, get some downloads. But the number one metric that I'd be focused on in the early days would be just monetization. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I used to say retention is the best metric of whether or not how good your product is, because that really tells you if you're sticking around, they're using it. But um, if, if I were to give advice on kind of building a new product, I would definitely say the same thing. Like, look at the, the like the number one number I look at is the conversion of users from from install to subscribe, and also the revenue at which you subscribe. So you can look at a kind of average revenue per user as as your one uh, one metric. Um, I would look definitely look at that and and optimize that and focus on that. Um, it will be kind of very rocky and skewed at the beginning if you don't have a lot of users. But if you can improve that, you can, well, first of all, as a, as a develop, indie developer or a company, it gets much more exciting to work on a product if you have revenue coming in. Even if it's, you're selling, you know, whatever, five bucks, 10 bucks a week, a hundred yes. bucks a week, it's much more exciting to work on that um, <laughs> than you just kind of to improve retention and it's like a theoretical improvement right. um, that you see in a product. So from a motivational standpoint, definitely do that. Also, if you're trying to, I don't know, attract other people or if you want to just potentially sell the app, like, Life is just much easier when you have revenue coming in. So to focus on that. Yeah, I love it. And we usually, I, you tell me if I'm wrong. So that's why I like talking to you, Darius, is like just making sure that I'm thinking about this right. But when we're looking at apps, we look like we just look at revenues over downloads and just to see, hey, if that we can get that number up, guess what? We can actually afford to pay more for installs and ramp up the marketing and bring more users in. So for me, I was just like revenue per download. That's the metric that I'm looking at. But I, I'm sure like, you know, because then includes like the whole drop off from the onboarding sequence or people user signing up. So am I right or wrong? I'm thinking about this. Yeah, yeah. We, all, we also use similar numbers. So ARPU okay. or average revenue per user. And then yeah. if that number is too low, you can dive deeper. And there's a bunch of other metrics you can look at to kind of try to identify what's wrong. All right, brother. I'm going to try to tie you now. So... <laughs> I'm going to go first, all right? Let me try to tie you. I'm, let me try to go first. Sure. <laughs> all right. Then we'll take at, take a look at another app. So we got the dad joke again. Come on, guys. Let's let's vote. Just all you got to put S or D. That's all you got to do. And you might be doing something else. All right. All right, Darius. My teenage son, he's 13 years old. My teenage son treats me like a god. He acts like I don't exist until he wants something. All right. What's your, what's your, he's like straight face. Darius like, I'm not even going to try to sell Steve's joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm trying to win <laughs> i like the competitiveness no i like it um this is the first time i've been on any kind of show where i'm preparing dad jokes and of the two of us you're the only dad here so you should really be winning this i know it's very sad <laughs> you got one right, should i go okay yeah. yes sir so what rock group has four men who don't sing what rock group has four men that don't sing? Which yeah. one? Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. I like it. <laughs> History. All right. Just put in the comments, S for me, D for Darius, who won. If Darius wins this, I owe him a beer. Let's look at Christos. I think that's his name. If I'm saying it right. We'll take a look at his app. I'll pull it up real quick. He has a time log. So time tracking goals christos wants help with conversion so impression to download and monetization 
Hey, Darius, here's my thoughts on impression download. I don't actually look at that number as much because I don't know what Apple really means from impressions when they're talking about impressions. The number I really look at is product view to download. And that number is key. But impression, download impression, I usually see anywhere from 5 to 10%. It's usually pretty small. But then the product view, which means that people are landing on this page, I'm aiming for at least a 70% conversion because they've at least tapped into this. So I want them now that's like, how do I convert them to be, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, this is an interesting case. Cause we actually, we bought, um, not a time tracker, but kind of a lot of like productivity tools, planning, calendar, goal setting. And like we have a bunch of products in this area, yeah. but it's interesting. Yeah. In terms of that conversion, the, the, yeah, it's tricky because a lot of people, and I don't know what the official numbers, but I think the majority of people will install an app without landing on the, the, the app page. Like they'll go right. from the, from the search tab, right to install. Um, so, so it's tricky to kind of figure out the, the, the right number. I, I mean, I, I personally wouldn't worry too much about that conversion. Of course you can, like I would test, um, uh, for example, you can I mean, soon, like in September, it is we'll be able to split test different app stores. And once we have the real testing tools, like we have on Android, then I would maybe you know just split a couple of uh, app stores and you can test it out. Without it, you don't have perfect data, and on if you have not a lot of traffic, you're gonna have a lot of noise in that data, and it'll be really hard to figure out like what works best. I would say improve conversion indirectly. So don't work on these things if you have kind of you have like pretty basic that best practice like for the logo and the screenshots and that looks fine um but i would focus more on the product because if you improve the product then you get better ranking the algorithm you better rank for for the keywords and everything life is just much better and well like we talked about maybe focus on the converting users to subscribers if it's a free app focus on the retention um but i would improve this conversion indirectly i think one thing you can do that really helps in this case is mm -hmm. to you have some ratings so it's, it's 5.0 i don't know how many ratings just one uh, yeah so it's very important both for the users and for the algorithm to have a lot of five-star ratings so one thing you can do is bring up the the prompt to, to to rate in the app for the users that will that will improve the conversions and when you are on the search page the results page to install because people want to see the rating and they want to see it from as many people as possible yeah so true and you know we're looking at some of the elements that I'm just pulling up reflectly, but that we talked about in the past, definitely had some social proof, right? You tell us that it's a journaling app, editor's choice, a lot of social proof here, the clean design, and then some elements of this. And so really well designed here. And I think that's what you can do. I'm not a big fan, Joe, maybe you can hop in in the comments. I'm not a big fan of switching colors like this. It just feels too much. I like how it's like two plain colors that you guys are really utilizing. So my eyes, it becomes easier to read. Whereas Christos, you're like, it's just too much, you know, like too many colors going on. My eye can't focus on one thing too. So have some social proof, maybe some bigger text too. I'm blowing this up, but like, it's hard to read when you have it really small on the screen too. Yeah. Or a thicker font where it's a bit easier to read. Yeah. It could be yeah, on a small device. It could be a bit tricky. Yeah, I yeah, love the picture fonts here too. Yeah, look, look at this. It's just like you, you want things to stand out. This is so bold. It. It's not even bold. I don't think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's take a look at the app. Steve, I have a, I have a question for you. Yes, what sir. do you think about app preview and and, and videos kind of in the app store? Because I've tested it and I just see very mixed results. That's what we've seen too. So we we had we did one like 
I forget a couple of years ago with all the ASO tools that came on and we all, they all talked about it and it was the consensus seemed like test it because it's mixed results, except for games. Typically they see a higher conversion with videos for games, but all other categories is very mixed results. Yeah. I never managed to make, and I tested it a lot. We never managed to make videos kind of really improve the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we've, that's what we've seen too. So I always tell clients, if you want to go ahead, but like, don't spend a lot of money on it because it might not work. Yeah. Especially some ASO agencies will charge a ridiculous amount of money to produce these videos and they don't really work. So that could be a bummer. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I'm like, I'm honest. Usually that's the thing. Welcome time log time log, uh, man, you gotta work on this text, man. Welcome to time log time log is a time goal and productivity tractor. Nobody cares. Like it's well, what's the win for me, right? Like crush your goals faster, blah, 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 blah. Lead with the benefit versus just you. You're talking about you right now, Christos. We care about us. How is this going to help me? Okay. Time tracking. Okay. Goal tracking, productivity tracking. One kind of on a, on a broader marketing node, I, I would say, um, if you know who's your group or you can kind of go niche at the beginning, mm -hmm. that'd be good. A lot of these people, they'll say, here's your time tracking for digital nomad or for freelancers, freelance graphic designers, time tracking. There's a lot of these tools with a big category and maybe it's an idea. Uh, it might be easier to go niche at the beginning and then broaden out because there's a lot of tools. And if you don't have a lot of money for marketing, it'll take a while before you get traction from the general audience. I love that. And I always say that to people too. And I think I had Jeremy Olson who started ours back in the day, but he was talking about just like freelancers. We're talking about, we're talking to freelancers. And so your marketing, your messaging, everything is catered to that group. And then they feel like more likely. And what Darius and I talked about was that revenue, right? Like that revenue goes up because you're talking to that core audience and you're helping them. So. Cool. I don't think I needed that. That little like, hey, touch this. I don't think I needed that because it's obvious. And if let's see if it does the same thing. Timers, new log activity. I don't know what the difference between this little button, plus button up top versus this one, the bottom. Mm, yeah, the one on top right seems redundant or confusing. Uh, so it's an in-app so purchase. First time, first time we did a subscription. I looked for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I looked for it. It, it was not obvious anywhere, but I yeah, just so, went to the I mean, settings tab. First advice would be put that screen in the onboarding at the end of onboarding, just to see what happens. Yes. Put it on the onboarding. Definitely your, your revenue should start going up. I think, you know, we've tested this and thank you Darius for doing this. Cause I was thinking like long pricing pages, long pricing pages. And I finally found reflectly and I was like, Oh, they're using long pricing page. Cool. I now have some examples. And I think what we've seen work for a lot of people who've been testing this because we've been talking about it so much, it's converting way better. And so I would probably test that and like, take a look at all the examples that we shared in the past, but longer pricing pages seem to be outperforming. We, they just outperform on the web. And so my hypothesis back in the day was why wouldn't it do that on mobile? And luckily I found a couple apps reflectly included that were using longer pricing pages. Okay. You should review, um, sleep cycle. That's an interesting to me. That was a very, I have that app. Yeah. I use that app all the time. 
Okay. So there, I don't know if you, if you're spring him now or but but check out the 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 upsell right now. I think that's very fascinating. Okay. All right. I like doing these videos. Company, so you can read their actual numbers. <laughs> <laughs> good, good stuff. Yeah, I think this is a little confusing. So let's see, timers, Pomodoro. Oh, I can't do that either. Maybe I can just do a normal countdown. New activity. Oof. It feels like too much. Darius, you tell me. I feel like it's too much. I just want to get going. You know what I mean? Like it feels like too much info yeah. where maybe it's like first activity, go, and then I maybe go start editing it later. But sometimes I don't know if it's just me. I just want to start. Like start the thing. Let me go. Because you know in mean? my mind, I'll be comparing this with like the clock on my phone. We just push one button and go. Yeah. I just want to go. And then just doing the yeah. countdown. I mean, I don't know how many taps that was, but just trying to start a countdown timer took me like four or five, two, three taps when I'm just thinking like, go, go, go versus yeah, anything so else. You can edit the things later on. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anything else you want to add to this? Let's running. Let's see if I can stop it. See, I, I wish I could stop it. How do I stop it? Mm. Yeah. Here, I feel like for apps like these, Darius, you tell me, I just feel like do some like initial user testing, like even go to usertesting.com, do something where you get feedback, like quantitative feedback from people like this, like I'm giving you now, because I'm one, just one opinion, but like I want to get into the app. I feel like there's a lot of UI mistakes here and UX mistakes that could have been solved versus thinking, how do I convert, how do I, you know, improve the conversion download rate? Even if you did that, you're going to just have a leaky bucket. And so really focus you on, on the UX UI. And that's what led me to sit, think about like, oh, think about revenue because like, yeah, like think about it. You can convert a lot of users here. There's a lot of holes here that you can fix. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say there's a really good book called Sprint. It's by three Google employees, I think. I read it, um, yep. Which is just generally a fantastic book if you're building any kind of new product. Um, but one thing I've learned from there, and I've implemented it in the past, and when you when you give the potential, the MVP to users, you don't need to do that much testing. After four, five, six people, you'll start seeing a pattern and they'll have the same problems. So you can actually get a really small group of people and it could be your friends, uh, ideally not friends because your friends will be too nice to you. Um, but if you get a small group of people to test it, four or five, six people, you'll see patterns and you can adjust it. So definitely give it to the hands of users and, and tweak some of these things. Um, I think the standard for apps, especially you, you pick the category that's pretty crowded. There's a lot of tools like this out there and the standard is very high. So, uh, people will have very, very low patience. And a lot of times you will download you know, two, three, four apps in the category, give them each a minute of attention and then decide which one they're going to start continue using. So you just don't have a lot of time. You don't have that luxury of somebody figuring out how to make the product work. Yeah, and you would know best because you know th these are apps that you now have in your portfolio. So, okay, got a question from Subgrow. Says I have a social networking app and currently working on my retention. Is it a normal thing to see low retention with a small amount of active users on the app? So social networks very difficult. You chose an interesting category. Uh, and the obvious problem is that social networks become more valuable with more people. So if there's only a few people, 
um, I would say, I mean, it's not a good sign that the retention is low no matter what. Social networks have some of the highest retention numbers of any app category. Um, so if you're, if you can just Google kind of app retention numbers and find a lot of examples by category, and you'll see the social networks are, are really the highest. Um, yeah, it's a general problem of like network is kind of useless without the nodes on the network. Yeah, agreed. And we got an interview with somebody that is versus game coming out already recorded and all that, but he talked a lot about just fixing the product and pivoting and figuring all that out. Cause it's one of the hardest categories to get going. Once you get going, great, yeah. but one of the hardest just get going. Yeah, we have we, we acquired a, a social network. Uh, oh, you did? Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a very different business than a subscription app because uh, mm -hmm. you can't monetize in the same way. So there's different dynamics and and the server costs are going to be pretty high with the high engagement because a lot of users, which is normal for social networks. So just a different kind of business and it's tricky. Is it the vent one? Vent. Yeah. 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 Cool. I like it. Here it is. It's kind of a, it's like a social supportive social network. So think of like Facebook where people are actually nice to you and it's moderated and it's supportive environment. Yeah. I've seen other apps like this and this is great. Like I just look at the reviews and it's like 5.2, 4.5. That's good. Obviously they already have traction, but it, it would be, if you're open to it, man, I'd love an intro to the developer that created it. Maybe we can have uh, one. Every... Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Steve, why don't you say this privately? <laughs> why do you have to put me on the phone? <laughs> All right. No, well, <laughs> either way, man, don't feel obligated. All right, Darius, here are the results of the round two. Man, you just killed me. Joe, D, oh, man, Alex, Kalyani. Love you, Kalyani. Thank you. <laughs> and then Subgrow did that as well. Joe says, I don't mind the alternative. This is back to the time log app. He doesn't mind the alternating colors too much. My bigger issue is the readability of the text. Yeah, there's not enough contrast. Okay, I like that. One of the, I think one of the, the best advice for um, for doing the screenshot is look at them on like an iPhone 8 with a small crack screen and <laughs> you'll see how, what users are seeing. I like that. And then I think Omar was like, hello. He said, hello, hello back. He said, videos do not improve numbers. The sound is not that clear. Yeah, we, we said that videos have mixed results if you put an app preview video. Just want to do that. And then Subgrow says, Hey, Steve, do you have sent out an email to the app creator before that? Yeah, we do. So we usually send an email to our guests, usually on that Monday, saying, Hey, here are the apps we're going to do. And then, yes, you get notified when your app is going to be there because we want you in the comments below as well. All right. Well, Subgrow says, Hey, it's a mental social network app. So it's niche if it makes that big of a difference. That's good. Yeah. And I guess in a way that's similar to Vent, which is kind of a yeah, we call mental fitness or kind of you know that safe safe mental space. Um, so it's a great thing you're doing it. There's definitely a lot of people that need it. It's unfortunately very much an upward trend. Uh, people are suffering with this. Um, so I definitely you know go for it. Just keep in mind that social networks have different and regular tools because other apps we reviewed are kind of a tool and and different category. Yeah. Love it. Darius, anything we missed? Do you want to make sure we cover? I don't think so. I don't think it so either. fun doing dad jokes and the products are interesting. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't think we had dad jokes when you first came on because it was like <laughs> early days of the YouTube live. So thank you for being the one of the beta testers that YouTube live. But yeah, I started incorporating that soon. And I don't know. Did we do app audits back then too? You remember that at all? 
Yeah, we did it with a couple of app okay. audits, which was a lot of okay. fun. Um, but right. no dad jokes. So I'm very yeah. happy that I have somebody to share them with because my girlfriend will do a lot of eye rolling. Uh, well guys what look darius proved it in he that's why we constantly have him back on he's great wealth of knowledge when it comes to app marketing when it comes to monetization when it comes to everything related to apps he's got a youtube channel so go check it out it is in the description or just look for darius mora on youtube i want you to go do that right now and hit that subscribe button and then go check out the reflectly app and if you got anything i mean for the just for your general happiness too and then just like how well they've done in terms of onboarding pricing everything it is one of the apps i refer to what that is like top notch well done in all the different categories it is reflectly.app on the web or just reflectly on your favorite app store darius if the audience wants to connect with you in any other way do you want to send them anywhere else YouTube channel is the best way i do my best to, to be active and post there and share everything i know i've experimented with shorts on youtube <laughs> I see that. That's YouTube, cool, man. You can tell it's the best way. Yeah. All right, guys. Next week, we're going to have a friend of mine, Chris, who built an app from a Reddit community that helps you stop smoking weed. And he did that all because through Reddit, he had no app. He's like, oh, there's all this category about quit smoking. And then he's like, what about stop quitting, you know, smoking weed? And he went to Reddit, figured out what features to build, built the app, launched it as an in-app purchase. And then based off of our recommendations, and he's part of the, the elite mastermind that I have, he moved to subscription. He 3X his revenues there. So I think it was Kalyani. Somebody asked, oh, Grace asked, how do you transition? We're going to talk all about that. How do you build an app from a community? And then how do you transition from an in-app purchase to a subscription and three extra revenues? I would just like to, sorry, yeah, I just want to add an idea for anybody who doesn't have a product or has some product, uh, any kind of app that's quid an addictive habit is probably a good idea. We see that as a trend. If you look at um, a lot of the accelerators that the companies they're accepting right now, uh, and there's definitely an upward uh, trend as well. So quit anything bad as an app, uh, I think is a good idea. Ooh, I love it. All right. If it's at Darius seal of approval, I love it even more. Darius, thank <laughs> you so much, my friend for coming on and doing this. Thank you for having me. It's always fun. All right. Thank you all for listening. I, I wanted that verbal. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you guys next week. See ya. Have a good week. Next. Tired of overpaying for app store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.